Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Awesome. Well, if you don't know me and you're new to Thrive, my name's Liam Chisholm. I serve here on the worship team and I'm also one of the youth leaders at our Friday night uh, youth services. Yeah, so that's super, that's super awesome. And yeah, I'm 19 years of age. My family and I moved down from Auckland when uh, I was 15, so about five years ago. And yeah, it's been a journey ever since. And uh, we've just loved Thrive and the support that um, you guys have given um, our family. And we've, we've yeah, joined the church as well. It's been really awesome. So yeah, thank you guys for that. It's been awesome. Um, yeah, I just really quickly want to share a vision that I had as a youth. Um, it was at a storm camp. So at youth, we did, um, we still do these storm camps, which are like Easter camps. They're pretty, round, pretty much around the same time, and they're little events. And this is a vision I had when it was my first time ever sharing on stage in front of a crowd. There were 200, 300 plus youth at that night, and it was really awesome. It was in a school um, gymnasium auditorium and it was really cool so I just wanted to share uh, really quickly what that vision was what I saw in that in that building there I was standing on stage I saw the four walls around the the space we were in and insinuating the church in my mind just falling down each yeah each wall just falling down to the ground it was falling outwards towards the community that was a note i put in my mind i think that the church is now starting to spread out into uh, places which are beyond the four walls here physical walls in the church and then i also saw the 200 300 plus youth all start to light up as like angels and if you weren't here for Glenn's message last week, he was speaking on angels, and it was super awesome. I think it was really encouraging, and I just wanted to share that word because you preached that as well. It was really cool. So, yeah, I saw everyone light up as angels, and that really, uh, for me, I'm going to come back to that later and share a bit more of what I think that's all about. Awesome. So I have uh, my first slide up today, and the title of my message, if you guys are taking notes, is called Without Walls. As in the vision, I, I had the four walls, uh, I saw the four walls all breaking down around me. And I think that the church in this next season is actually starting to break some mental walls in individuals, but also starting to break some media walls and other walls, some restrictions that we may see as obstacles or challenges that we're actually starting to overcome and starting to spread into as a church. And the, the theme that Glenn actually gave me for this morning, oh, hi, Thrive Online, by the way. Hi. I'm looking at you now. Hey. I know that mom's watching at home. Hey, mom. <laughs> you're awesome. I hope your wrist heal very soon. Um, yes, so um, as, oh, without walls, what was I up to? Now I've lost my mind. No, we're all good. We're all good. Come on. Um, so without walls, yes. So Thrive Online, I'm going to be sharing a bit more about uh, what I think that Thrive Online has um, in this church and, and sharing into the community uh, what, what, amazing, um, yeah, what amazing opportunities we have now. And the theme that Glenn gave me this morning uh, was um, why we come to church and why we do this church journey together. And what, what's it actually all about, and what is it stepping into, into this new season? Um, as individuals in the church, we are called to steward. This is my first point today. It's steward, and there's going to be a verse up there too. There we go. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. 
with the body of Christ. Everyone knows pretty well what this verse says here. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Is that the right verse? Oh, 12 verse 7? I may have 27. Ha ha. Look at that. A typo already. Lovely. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Verse 7 is also really good, but the body of Christ. We are called as the body of Christ in this church to build each other up in encouragement. Yeah, and in, uh, and in stewarding each other in individuals. And I believe that stewarding is a huge part of the church and what we are stepping into as a church as well. Uh, I just have a few examples in the scriptures of people, individuals specifically, who stewarded uh, their, their vision, uh, their calling in Christ. We have King David stewarded royalty and surrender. Daniel stewarded prayer and health. I can say health because I'm a vegan as well. So I'm doing the Daniel fast thing. It's pretty fun. <laughs> um, Joseph stewarded royalty, dreams, and forgiveness. He forgave his brothers when he stepped into that royalty. And then a more recent um, New Testament example, we have Peter stewarded willingness and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I want to touch on the Holy Spirit today as well. That is what the New Age Church was stepping into. The gift of the Holy Spirit was received. Isn't it awesome that in our churches and communities that we have stewards like this? That we have actual people who steward forgiveness and steward kindness and steward grace into their everyday life. And that they are stepping out into their day-to-day life and that they are emulating these things as individuals. That's my second point today. It's not just stewarding. We also emulate the gifts of Christ, the gifts that Christ has given us. And as a church, I feel like we can get so caught up in stewardship towards each other that we can get so focused on the tasks and the calling that we have to do those tasks, and we can forget that we were actually emulating and bringing forth the gifts in us, already in us, to give to others as well. Um, The gifts of the Spirit... This is, this, is, uh, this is all Sunday school stuff right here. Here we go. Uh, so the next slide, we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All the fruits of the Spirit. I believe that emulating, and so the, the act of stewardship is to steward people to encourage and to love. I think that emulating is bringing to light the things that we believe and in the gifts of the spirit and so going back to that storm vision when I saw everyone light up in the room I saw emulation in that place I saw people like angels starting to rise and and starting to lighten up in their hearts and I think that that was emulating as as well as the steward the act of worship and praise that we were in doing in that place it was awesome Yeah, so what does it look like to emulate in the church? Uh, I have an example here. I think this verse is very cool. Oh, now I've lost my bookmark. Here it is. We got Acts 12, verse 5. And at this time, Peter is actually kept in prison. Uh, So he he went to prison a few times. Um, Many of the believers um, in the early church were being persecuted. But this right here was really encouraging to me. Uh, as I think we as a church um, should emulate 
to people in our community. So Peter was kept in prison in a hard place, in a hard trial time. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And the disciples, the apostles, um, even Paul himself, uh, writing a third of the Testament, um, all commands and, and directions to the church. These were individuals sowing into the community. I think that we can get caught up in that, just trying to bring something to a community when we actually also have a community giving to individuals and that individually we are actually giving in and so we are receiving blessing in other individuals' lives. Yeah, I think that's awesome. So I just want to finish up here real quickly with Church Online. I think that Church Online is a wonderful opportunity and a wonderful seed that we have, um, we have stewarded in this place. And now we are starting to emulate online um, an individualist. It's kind of an individualist perspective in the media. And people have their own accounts, their own personas, their own, uh, their own yeah, identities on the media and their own accounts. And it can get really, really busy for the individual and can, they can get really caught up and the things of the media. But as a church online, as, as a church, I think that we are stepping into those, those um, places of individuals, and we are actually bringing the light that we have as well. So I think that church online has been a really amazing opportunity, and that we've stewarded that. Yes. And that we are, that we are still stepping into breaking down the walls of what is physically challenging some of the time yeah especially over lockdown this is where we started here for church online and i i was yeah thinking about this a lot how can how do we as a church actually how is this how is this actually emulating how is this changing someone's life it's just because we are we are see, we are planting the seed into that that um moment of where where they might be caught up in something else and they see this and it, and it just radically transforms and changes them. Yeah. So we're sowing into individuals' lives. Anyone who's in a tough situation and, um, and uh, yeah, just, just a rough place online that we are stewarding into them. Mm. Yeah, so without walls, we are, we're breaking through the walls here at church. And I feel that into this next season... We've actually got to keep stewarding and keep believing and keep praying over our church online and our other opportunities as well that we have arising in this place. And so I'm going to take support. Man, that's good. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Mm, I just have one more verse bookmarked here. I didn't have it in my notes, but I thought it was really awesome. Um. It was the verse of the day. We have the vine and the branches. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, which every, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. Yeah, and I think that people um, sometimes feel like they, they have been cut off from opportunity in the church or cut off from encouragement in the church um, because they think that they're not 
they're not ready or, or uh, willing enough to receive or they don't think that they're, they're ready, yeah, enough to receive. And I think that uh, as, a, as a church, we've we got to keep encouraging these people and we've got to keep stewarding into their lives. And so, yeah, what stays online is almost forever. <laughs> and I think as a church online, we just got that opportunity there. And, yeah, that was really encouraging to me this morning. So, yeah, I, I, I want to wrap it up here, and I just want to thank uh, the Lord for this opportunity that we have. And I just want to pray uh, once more into Thrive Online. Dear Father, I just thank you for this opportunity and for the stewardship and the, emulate, and the emulating we are doing into this community and into this, into this world. This is what we do for church. This is how we do church. Thank you, Father, that we are stewarding and we are bringing forth our gifts that we have inside of us and giving to those who have less. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. And now, <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's time for Anne Walsh. This is Anne Walsh, our kids' pastor, and I, I'm introducing her. She's really awesome, and she's going to share another word on why we do church together. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Hey, I love listening to Liam, and I love hanging out with him on a Tuesday. He's just full of passion, and it's just so awesome to hear him speaking up here. It's awesome. So for those of you who don't know me, my name's Anne, and you might think that potentially I'm either a guest speaker today, or you've never seen me before, or that I'm really irregular at coming to church, and that is basically because I'm so often over at the loft, I'm a children's pastor here, and I um, work with an amazing team of people to make the kids' ministry happen over in that space, so that's who I am. <laughs> Um, I'm married to a really handsome guy, this guy over here, Stu, and you may see him around, and he often has five little kids kind of around him, and he does all of that on a Sunday morning while I'm busy over at church, um, and we, so we've got five kids, we've got four girls and one boy smack bang in the middle of them, and I often think that there's a mum somewhere praying that um, their daughter's future husband is going to have a great idea of the woman's psyche. Um, so my poor Jack and my poor husband still don't understand it. And to be fair, I still don't understand the woman's psyche as it is anyway. <laughs> um, a, a shout out to those of you who are watching online this morning. It's great to have you guys um, tuning in to be with us as family this morning as well. Uh, we moved down about five years ago, same as Liam. I just worked out this morning. Um, and we moved down here from Palmerston North, so we're North Islanders, and we're settling into the South Island way of life. Um, and we, uh, Stu moved down for his job, so he's a stock agent. And my vocation back in the day was, before I had kids, was as a primary school teacher. Um, but I've also had kind of a vocation of, a long vocation of voluntary church life, that's what I call it. And I've had some employment in that time as well. So today's message, have we got the village people? That's what I've called my message today, is the village people. And I loved um, the image that um, 
Liam said this morning about having a village without walls. Um, and even Debbie, you shared this morning as well about having, uh, we all need a village um, to raise our children. So I love that picture. A village without walls where a community gathers to do life together and that is open to the acceptance of others and has a missional mindset that goes beyond borders. So my heart today is to breathe into um, some embers maybe or to um, fan a flame or just rise that passion up for church. And we all know that church is not um, about these four walls. It goes beyond that. But today I want to talk about the family that you're with. And that might be here this morning. It might be for those of you online, you might have another family that you join with a connection of, of believers. You might be here visiting today from another church where you connect with other believers. But that's what I want to look today, the family that you're with. So my journey with church began after my father, who was dying of cancer. I was five at the time. And he saw a vision of Jesus. Um, and this changed his world, his own his outlook on life. And for my mum, it, um, it just blew her away. And it wasn't the vision of seeing Jesus that did it. It was the fact that his life went like this. Woo, it just changed. He had this hope within him um, and this different outlook on life. And so he told his nurse that he was with. Um, he also uh, wrote letters to his friends and um, talked about this experience. And so the nurse that he was with introduced my mum and my dad to a pastor and a, fam a church family and that's kind of where church kind of fell into my lap it kind of you know others of you will have that same experience that you went along to church because that's where your family went or still goes Debbie and Lynn <laughs> and Peter um, and so church life for me was presented to me and this was the family that I was with and we um, all know that turning up to a family um, it can be interesting. There's all different kind of aspects to family. So I inherited a family from my mother's, um, from my, uh, well, from my mother that she made that, uh, put that in front of us, and we even got locked. We locked ourselves in the car sometimes so that we didn't have to go to church, but we got there in the end. And um, and unless you pick a few people that you like and have similar beliefs. Um, that won't rock the boat, or you can essentially control the comings and goings of who's going to come to your church. You might even say, look, kids, number one and number two, you can come, but number three, I'm sorry, you are not going to be coming because you're going to rock our beliefs. And unless you can choose and pick and choose, you know, you're going to have um, people who are going to be different, and um, life is going to be interesting. We all know that if we have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, someone that we really like, and we introduce them to our family, and um, we say to them afterwards, oh, what did you think? And they say, oh, look, some of them are great, but yeah, some of them are interesting. We all know what that's code for, right? <laughs> it means that, oh, yeah, some of them are great, but some of them are not really my type. And when we do church, we're with all sorts of incredible different people, aren't we? We come from different cultures, different socioeconomic backgrounds. We come from um, all sorts of kind of backgrounds of church that we've had and different beliefs about things, and it's awesome. It really, really is amazing. And we have this kind of tension between being now but not yet. We're being fully redeemed. So we're safe from sin, but we're struggling with weakness and brokenness as a church. Um, but we are this 
broken, wonderful, interesting body of Christ. And God didn't say to our generation, I'm going to put my presence behind a curtain in a temple for the priest to come and visit me. He didn't say that. And he didn't say to our generation, you know what, I'm going to send Jesus Christ, my son, to come to earth and be in physical form to hang out with you guys. He said to our generation, he said that it is, um, he is going to be made evident through the church and what we are the body of Christ and that he dwells within us. I kind of like that one out of all the three. I think that's pretty cool. So I'm just going to read from you from Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, um, 12 to 14 and verse 26. For just as the body is one and has many members, all of the members of the body, uh, though there are many, are one body, and so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, um, slave or free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. He goes on to also say that we're, um, we're made up of lots of different parts and we all have different parts to play and different roles to play, different strengths and weaknesses, um, but that each part is important and needed if we are um, to do this together. He also says, if one member suffers, we all suffer together, and if one member is honoured, we all rejoice together. You can't do church alone. I am very aware of those of you guys who are watching Church Online this morning. Um, I get that it's a really fabulous platform um, for those of you who can't get to church um, for a morning service for whatever reason that is. Um, but Sunday services are a really important part of the picture. And unless, unless we are connecting with the lives of others, we won't connect with our purpose and our place and belonging in the church. Um, there's a man I know very well. Um, Nigel Dixon is an old pastor of mine, and he, um, he wrote a book called Villages Without Walls. So I steal his, his theme from him. Um, and he says this, Peoplehood or community has always been central to God's salvation purpose. Saving an individual is important, but having a people to reflect his personhood and carry his presence has always been the Father's desire. Jesus was the word made flesh, the church is meant to be Christ's body, the Spirit's temple. The church, therefore, is the embodiment of God on earth. We are his salt and light. And peoplehood must be the highest pri priority, not the mechanics of doing church. For my family, in a time when my mum had lost her husband and her children had lost their dad, the church was the hands, the feet, his heart, his practical help, his compassion, his generosity and his wisdom um, and his love. And it was a family that embraced us. Um, God was alive in the lives of these people. And um, that is where my journey um, and my love for church began. Um, I've actually been in church for quite a long time, I think. <laughs> and I've served in church for as long as I can pretty much almost remember. Um, and a saying that was said back in the day, and people may use it today, is well, I was basically a church junkie. And if you're from my generation and you listen to really cool music, Christian music back in the day, you'll understand the term Jesus freak. Anyone understand that term? Yeah? <laughs> Good old DC talk. Um, so I kind of got into everything. 
I love doing um, camps, I love doing conferences, I love serving here and there and everywhere. I helped out with kids and youth and did lots of kind of stuff in church and I loved it. I had such a passion. And to be honest, I think young people do passion really, really well. And if you're feeling not very passionate, my encouragement would be to hang out with Liam <laughs> and to hang out with young people because, you know, rubbing against other people's shoulders and iron sharpens iron, that whole thing of getting some passion from them is just awesome. And a quick little plug if you want to hang out with passionate people, <clears throat> um, Kids Church, the loft would love you. <laughs> I'm allowed to do that because I've got the microphone. <laughs> Um, so I absolutely love God, and for me, it was about serving Him, and that's why I was so involved in church, it was about serving Him, and it was about loving family, and many of you guys will understand what it is like to have that first love, and it might be for a man or a woman or a boy or a girl, or it might be for something else that you're so passionate and in love about, and it kind of, you kind of want to talk about it all the time, and you think about it all the time, and you love it, that kind of first love. And, um, you know, I want to talk about that today, and I want to ha just also sh share just a few reasons why we do church life together, and you might be able to relate to a few of these reasons. Because I should, it's a biblical thing to do, I do it to honour God, I do it for my kids, um, I go to church because my husband goes to church, or I go to church because my wife goes to church. I might go because there's a really good-looking guy at this church or a really good-looking girl. I've been there. Um, <laughs> we might go because of tradition. We might come because we're lonely. And um, you might come because you only got invited this morning. So no pressure, people who are just here for their visiting this morning. Um, we might like to worship in this place. We like the teaching and we like the coffees here. And these aren't bad reasons. And I'm mostly up for anything to encourage someone to come to church and get in the doors. Um, but we've kind of got to go beyond those initial reasons. It has to be about connecting with family and about a community and a peoplehood that belong to God. And so I don't really want to convince you of reasons why to come to church because you're here this morning, you're online this morning. There's something that's got you here this morning. So I'm not here to convince you to do that. Um, but what I want to do is look at the question, how do we fall in love with the church? And by that, I mean that passionate, I'm in love with church, I will give of my finances, I will give of my time, I want to give of my service. I just love churches as the peoplehood of God. And God loves us heaps. You know, he's entrusted his spirit with us. So we are pretty amazing. And to have that love for church, that is what I want to inspire and kind of fan into fame this morning. So let's have a look at Matthew 16. He, uh, Jesus says this to Peter, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We are awesome. <laughs> We're allowed to be a little bit navel-gazing this morning. I'm giving you permission to do it because the church is amazing and God thinks we're great. He's chosen us. Um, also, he says, this is on First Peter, and this is to some persecuted churches in Asian Minor at the time. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who call you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. And once you had not received mercy, but now you do receive mercy. 
And I want this verse to kind of support a little bit of where I, I want to take you um, and how to fall in love with God. Um, I'm going to, we're just going to have a, a little bit of a look with, at Saul and his story, and then I'm going to wrap that up at the end. So in Acts 9, we're going to take a quick look at Saul. And if there was anyone you had to encourage to fall in love with the Church of God, he would have been the toughest nut to crack, I think. Okay, so he really, really didn't like the church. In fact, he actually searched out ways in which he could get permission from governmental leaders so that he could hunt them down, find the people of the way, find these Christians, and kill them. So he really didn't like them. And if any of you don't fit into that category, <laughs> then you're going to be a little bit easier in terms to work on in terms of loving the church. So we'll go from verse 9. Meanwhile, Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked him for leaders to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul said. I'm Jesus, who you're persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. And Saul got up from the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by hand to Damascus. For three days he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. And the Lord told him, go into the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man, uh, for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. I love that. As soon as God encountered, prayer was right at the top of his list. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him and restore sight. Lord Ananias said, and this would be my reaction, I've heard many reports about this man and, uh, from Tarsus called Saul um, and what, about this man and the harm that he's done for the holy people of Jerusalem. And he's come here, if he's come here with authority from the chief priests, um, he could arrest all who come in your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for his name, for my name. So then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placed his hands on Saul, and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, of, uh, on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up, I love this, he got up and was baptised. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Paul did not only do a 180 turn from hating Christ followers and joining a lot, he ended up joining alongside them, which was a pretty, a pretty hard pill for them to swallow because they were a bit nervous about Saul. Um, and do you know what? Out of the 27 books out of the New Testament, Saul is either written or is written about or, is, um, or has had written for him in pretty much half of those books. 
So he has basically had an enormous influence on Christianity and he secures his place as one of the greatest religious, religious leaders of all time. So that nut was cracked and it's amazing what God has done with him. <laughs> so how does that relate to us loving the church? Saul fell in love with God's people because he had a revelation from God. I'd love to tell you guys to fall in love with church and figure out how to do that, but I've worked out. At the, by the end of this message, I went, you know what? It's God. It's the revelation of God that when you have that revelation from him, you get understand the heartbeat that he has for his people. And if we go back to that verse in 1 Peter 2, where it talks about once you were not a people, but now you're a people, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I think understanding God's grace and his mercy gives us a story to declare, but also it takes the scales off our own eyes to have grace and mercy for those of us who are around us. My encouragement is let us love this body. Let us do life together. Let us serve, invest, encourage, and love each other. And you know what? We are amazing, and the church is worth giving your life up for. God paid the greatest price for us, and our response should be to place Him at the head of this wonderful, beautiful, diverse, interesting body and peoplehood of God. I want to just share a, a picture that I had this morning. Uh, sorry, when I, when, when I moved down here, and some of you will know about when you move, if you've moved somewhere and you're looking for church, it can be really difficult to find something if you're really wanting it to be similar or the same as where you've come from. So the picture that I had was this picture of this many-sided shape, and there was this light that was shining on it. And you could, the light that was shining it gave you the view of how you saw that shape and how it looked. And I just saw the light shine, the move, and it shone on a different part of that shape. And the shape was still the same thing, but the point of view in which I saw it was really different. It was just giving another side, another aspect of um, how I viewed God and how I saw church. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date.